0: Hey guys, welcome to Music on Repeat, a podcast where I talk to people about the songs that impacted their taste in music. You can find me on iTunes and Stitcher under the name Music on Repeat. I'm your host, Suzy Q. Hey guys,
1: welcome
0: back. Here we are on episode nine. We're almost at the number 10 mark. And today I have with me John Riggle. Good evening. (laughs) Good evening. This is officially uh, evening podcast now. It used to be light and now it's winter. So it's kind of a different vibe in this uh, in this studio, (laughs) which is also my living room.
1: Yes, we can't do it on the balcony.
0: No, it's a bit too cold for that now, unfortunately. Um, So, welcome, John. Can you introduce yourself, please?
1: All right, so I'm John. Uh, I live in Barcelona. I'm English. Uh, I DJ and paint a bit on the side, and I also work at Typeform as a technical writer.
0: So you're, a, you're an artist. You, uh, you have a talent for lots of different forms of art.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't like to describe myself as an artist because it sounds terrible.
0: Well, but um, other people like me can describe you as an artist. Yes, yes you're absolutely. <laughs> so yes, totally. So you are a painter and I guess the DJ bit is the, the reason why I invited you to come on here today.
1: I guess so. I hope so.
0: Um, But before we get into that, maybe we can just start right off the bat with your first song and then uh, we can talk about that.
1: Sure. Let's go.
0: Okay, John, so tell us, what was that song?
1: All right, well, that was It's All Right, which is the last song off Introspective by the Pet Shop Boys, and I chose it because it was the first album I bought on vinyl way back in 1988.
0: And On vinyl? Yeah, really? Okay.
1: Uh, which I only bought it on vinyl because it was cheaper than CDs, and when you're like, how old was I, 11, that made a difference.
0: Okay, so was it the first album you bought? Ever? Or just the first album on vinyl? It was
1: the first album I personally bought.
0: Okay, so the first album you ever bought was on vinyl? Yes. Amazing, okay.
1: Uh, And it it was this one. Uh, The first single I bought was also by the Pet Shop Boys a few months earlier.
0: So you were 11 years old when you you made this big purchase?
1: Yes, I was very excited. And I still have it um, with the price sticker on it and everything. And the reason I decided, I think a few years ago, I wouldn't have chosen this song, but unbeknown to me is kind of this album sort of introduced me to house music then I went on and turned into an angry teenager and got into metal and stuff and but eventually I got back into house and electronic stuff and it feels like I kind of went full circle.
0: And with this song that, that represents that whole coming of age, the whole...
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, the, it's quite a cheesy song in a way. It's like a, it's a song about music and music being great. And it's you know, there's millions of songs like this. But having said that, when it peaks, I still kind of get goosebumps.
0: Okay. And just to be clear here, this this version we're talking about is the nine minute version. It's not yes. the edited for radio version. No, no, no. So how, how much more does the, the nine minute, I mean, obviously five minutes more, but what, what more is in there that speaks to you compared to the edited version?
1: Well, it has, time to, it has time to build up and then drop down and go really quiet and then build up again and then end up in a kind of orchestral noise at the end. But, it, but actually, it's the beginning, which is most emotional. Although the, the references are all very 80s, it talks about political problems in South Africa and Afghanistan, which were very much relevant in 1988, but not so much now. Yeah. So the other thing about the Pet Shop Boys album um,
0: This one in particular? Yeah,
1: Introspective, which is just a bunch of quite long long dance songs. The first one was very much like how I felt as a 10 or 11 year old. It's all about well, listen to the song. Um, but that, <laughs> that kind of like appealed to me. And then the second song on the album is called I Want a Dog. Which isn't a bad. I want thing. a dog. Yeah, I want a dog. Okay. Uh, which isn't a bad thing, and it's. Quite
0: I hard. want a dog. I, I feel like I should listen to that song oh, yeah. now.
1: <laughs> and it's all right, except there's one verse on it which is just about how he wants a dog because cats suck, which is like um, un, unnecessary cat slurs and um, ruins an otherwise really good record.
0: Because you are a huge cat fan. I am a
1: cat fan. And yes. you
0: have an adorable cat.
1: In fact, I'm a I'm a huge fan of huge cats. <laughs> <laughs> Like yours, yeah. She's pretty huge. Yeah,
0: she's adorable, but I'm insanely allergic to her. I think the last time I was in your house, I was dying. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that happens a lot.
0: But she's beautiful.
1: She is beautiful. And and unlike the song says, she does give me love back. Pet Shop Boys, you're wrong.
0: Heard it here first. You guys are wrong. (laughs) So when you were an 11-year-old boy, you were a fan of the Pet Shop Boys at that young age. So how did you discover them?
1: Just by, I used to listen to the top 40 on Sundays on Radio 1. I think that yeah, that was how I started finding music on my own.
0: So that, I think that's, I mean, that's quite young for me anyway. Well, what I think, I, I feel like I didn't really start discovering my own music until I was probably in university. I mean, (laughs) I listened, yeah, I listened to a lot of music, but it was mostly like the top 40 stuff. Because in high school, I didn't really care that much, but...
1: Well, I got, um, I guess I have a musical family and they sort of forced me into music when I was really, really young. So I I was made to play musical instruments, which is something I'm glad about, but uh, it wasn't a choice.
0: Yeah, what did you play?
1: Uh, First, it was the piano when I was about five. My dad's a pianist. Oh wow. And then a couple of years later, for reasons I can't remember, I decided that I wanted to play the cello. No uh, way. So I did. Um, b- but around that time, so I started off with classical music and then looking through my dad's records. And when CDs appeared in the mid-'80s, we started going to the library and he'd take me with him borrowing CDs and I'd just borrow anything that just caught my attention, which was things like, I remember Tears of Fears and Duran Duran and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I got used to kind of finding music when I was super young.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah, it was a, I guess it was a family... A family thing.
1: Yeah, my dad had a huge record collection, so I, it was it. I just assumed that was normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess to some extent, but probably more so because he was a musician. Yeah, probably. Oh. <laughs> um,
1: though we went very much in different directions there
0: musically. Okay, what direction did he go? Classical.
1: Yeah, basically classical music. Uh, he likes other stuff too, but he's never been interested in jazz or soul and this kind of stuff. Every so often, I still lend him things that I think will interest him. And he listens, interestedly, but I'm not sure whether it sticks or not. It never sticks. Well, yeah.
0: That's I mean, that's happens with everyone and yeah, any recommendation you give someone. um okay, so so you had this album as a kid, and I mean all the political messages did that go over your head at that age? This is mm. something you came to realize later when you listen back
1: to be honest, when I was ten, I went to high school, and it was like at that moment the whole world kind of opened up. so I remember being interested in the news. I don't know it's a bit young, <laughs> <laughs> but you know i I was aware of what was happening, and a year later the Berlin Wall fell, and that was.
0: A big I like deal. It.
1: So no, were, yeah, I was I was aware of it, and I'm still interested in it. Yeah,
0: so, um, <laughs> it's a good time to be interested in it, I guess. There's a lot going on, especially where we are, in Barcelona.
1: Yes, I've been waiting for 12 years for something to happen, so this is exciting.
0: <laughs> really? Are you pro-Catalunya separate?
1: Ooh, should I say this publicly? I think it's a good, I think in general, I think small democracies are better. I'm not a fan of nationalism, but this one seems kind of friendly and open. It's not like... English nationalism, sorry. So I think, I think it would be cool if, they can, if it can happen peacefully and if Europe was up for the idea. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we're all in a waiting game now. Okay, so this was the first electronic kind of housey stuff that you were interested in, kind of sparked your interest. Mm-hmm. So you are a DJ?
1: Yes, now.
0: <laughs> How long have you been DJing for?
1: Um. Publicly, When did I start? Was it 2010 or something like that? So,
0: Okay, about eight years. Yeah,
1: and I was um, DJing in my bedroom for a few years before that. I didn't start until I had a computer that could do it because although I started buying vinyl in the 80s, that was like cheap and rubbish. Most of my stuff was on CD and, uh, I don't know, by the time I realised DJing was a cool thing, I had this huge CD collection and didn't have the money or... Something it just I just thought it was an unrealistic thing to get into CDJing, so I just spent years and years listening to music and listening to DJs and not doing it myself. But um, my first MacBook was like finally I can do this.
0: So, technology was the trigger for you to be able to do it yourself,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, so, so you've never DJed with turntables, no, no, okay, you're um, strictly.
1: Strictly digital. Strictly
0: digital. Um, sorry. And, and you don't have a DJ name, so I can't really plug it right now. But you can find John Riggle on SoundCloud, MixCloud.
1: Yeah, I think I am actually joined the dots on SoundCloud, although the fact I can't remember the URL, which is pretty terrible. It's but okay. we can put a link I'll, on I'll it. put
0: a link on the on the blog. So yeah, you used to be when I first met you, that was about four years ago, and that's when you were joined the dots. Yes. Which was a DJ Duo? Is that correct? Or
1: yeah. So it started off as the guy that got me doing it publicly in the first place, uh, an English, another English guy called Tullis. I met him at a party. We found out we had music in common, and after a couple of months, we decided that we didn't know anywhere where we could listen to the kind of new music that we we're into, so we did it ourselves. And... Which
0: at the time was what kind of music?
1: This was all basically electronic music and whatever was kind of new. So at that time, there was this post-dubstep English stuff, things like um, Mount Kimby and mm-hmm. Joy Orbison, this kind of stuff, plus house and techno and just whatever we were into. We had a place and we did this monthly for, I think overall it was about three years, but he left
0: oh,
1: wow. He left halfway through.
0: And this was as Join the Dots? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, he went back to England. I replaced him with... My friend Etienne, who you know, Yep. then the owners of that place shut. I started DJing on my own in other places, occasionally with Etienne as well. The Join the Dots thing sort of disappeared because it seems silly to carry on something when your partner's disappeared.
0: It's like when the Spice Girls broke up. And it was very disappointing. When Jerry left and it's like, mm-hmm. how can you go on without her?
1: Yeah, I'm still upset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then a couple of years later, I started playing with a couple of Spanish friends connected to this gallery, Untitled, which Mm -hmm. recently closed down.
0: Which was very sad news. It
1: was, yeah. That was like a little community center in uh, Regres. Yeah, there
0: was always cool things going on there. You were always DJing.
1: Yeah, that was nice. Um, So it was through that that um, I met some painter friends who we started playing together and then we started this thing called the isolated cosmic boys not a name i chose but i kind of like it because it's uh it's just weird
0: <laughs> it's unique you can say that
1: and so i did that for a couple of years then the place i have a it seems that i have a habit of playing in places that then shut so i'm not sure whether that's related to to what we do but
0: let's say no yeah. now
1: uh, so at the moment well recently i met someone else who I've DJed with once and that's kind of cool and I'm hoping to do something with her but it's work in progress yeah
0: this sounds almost like a history of a series of relationships you've had (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say they're failed relationships but um I mean it's like a natural
1: yeah they they lasted as long as they did it's just
0: like relationships sometimes do Exactly. <laughs> so, what's the uh, what's the dynamic for you then, DJing with someone and DJing alone? Do you prefer to do it with someone? Because you seem to always have had this this history of partners. Uh, do you prefer doing it with someone else, or how does the dynamic change?
1: If you can find the right person, and I've been pretty lucky that I usually have done, I think it's more fun to play with someone else. I can play on my own, and I do on my own in my house what's fun with someone else is you're always surprised and they can take you in directions that you weren't expecting mm-hmm. and play you songs that you haven't heard before and that makes you excited so it's just kind of yeah. just the exchange that feeling is, is just enjoyable so if, it, if it's working well yeah, I, I end up having a very good time
0: Yeah. so is the majority of it because uh, I don't know anything about the DJing world uh, is the majority of it improvised while, like during the set so you know they'll go play something and then you or how does that work
1: it depends on you, so when I started, I would like plan little uh little like twenty minute sets, and we'd do like twenty minutes and twenty minutes and then but then by the end of my first partnership, we were just totally freestyling it and and now I tend to do very little planning, and I just kind of work with whatever the other person feels like
0: but you guys talk about it before, or yeah a bit a little bit okay. um, minimal fair minimum
1: but it's, it's the other thing is not knowing what's happening makes the the experience quite exciting yeah sometimes you get down to like i can see their song ticking down to like 10 seconds oh and i've God. still not cued up and it's like oh Aah. shit <laughs> oh, yes, is...
0: quite nerve-wracking but yeah and i have no a, idea whether it, whether rush.
1: people can tell or when i think it works if that actually works or if it
0: i'm sure it's okay if you keep if you still keep getting gigs uh i'm sure it's it's working out quite well i, I haven't been to your one of your gigs in a while but uh no you haven't no Uh, come on John when's the next one
1: well actually yeah there isn't a next one I'm planning we're looking for venues at the moment and planning something so there'll be something that entices me back onto Facebook to make an event so you'll yeah but watch this 2018 maybe I'd like to think it would be before then but okay oh well well yeah it could end up being December and Christmas really quickly so who knows
0: okay cool soon Uh, Well, this is actually a good segue into your next song, which, uh, well, let's just see what it is and then you can talk about it. All right. Okay, here we go. Song number two. Okay, John, hit me with it. What was that?
1: All right, well, that was a New Touch by Jimmy Edgar, who's a Detroit techno artist, um, started very, very young, kind of appeared in the mid-naughties. This song comes from about 2012, I think. Okay. I chose it. I really wasn't sure what to choose, and I decided on this because... A, I play it a lot and B, it kind of seemed to fit with, I'm going to start off with house music in 1988.
0: To end with house music, it,
1: well. Housey techno stuff. But, um,
0: um, but when you say you play it a lot, you mean you play it a lot in your sets?
1: Yes. I find it's almost every time it's like a go-to thing.
0: Okay, it's, so why this song? What makes it so appealing? And, and maybe first tell us what kind of music you play as a DJ.
1: I've always been fairly eclectic, saw anything from hip-hop and jazz and a bit of noise and the touch of pop, but then funk and disco and house and techno, basically dance music plus some other stuff.
0: <laughs> that's a huge uh, melting pot of music right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it keeps it interesting. Yeah. And I particularly like the Detroit sound and this guy, I don't know, there's something cool about him. He's a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> he has synesthesia, I'm not What's sure. What's that? It's where you, you experience sounds as colors.
0: Oh, that's crazy yeah so um, maybe that's what because i i read a little bit about him that he's an uh, artist as well so yes. maybe that i mean that lends itself well to uh yeah to that i guess
1: his stuff his production style is very clean and it's slightly influenced by people like apex this with this very kind of harsh editing but it's got the detroit warmth and plus it's all a little bit sleazy which i kind of like too and the rhythms are always really really just very very good and this song Almost always saves me if I.
0: Oh, really? This yeah. is like your go-to when you're yeah, in a yeah. crunch, when you have yeah. those ten seconds left only. Yeah.
1: As long as, as long as we're somewhere around one hundred and twenty BPM. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I should mention about this—it's so—is one of my favorite songs, and I've played it hundreds of times. But I never ever play the last third. The first couple of minutes, or maybe three minutes, are awesome, and then it gets more and more weird as it goes on. Mm-hmm. So I usually, I always mix into something else. Yeah but it doesn't make me dislike it at all.
0: Okay. But do you do you listen to this song when you're not mixing, just sitting at home?
1: To be honest, when I am sitting at home listening to music, I'm usually listening to music like this, like I just DJing is my favorite way of listening to music. Okay. I wouldn't listen to this, so maybe I listen to music when I'm cooking. Mhm. So then I'm not being active and then I I'm not listening to Jimmy Edgar then usually.
0: So what what's your what kind of music are you listening to these days, would you say?
1: this kind of thing definitely um recently there's my favorite record label this year is a london label called apron who hmm. basically it's a techno label it's a lot sort of rougher and more analog than the jimmy Tanner song i don't know there's something i like about it it's difficult to describe the dj who oh, so the artist who runs the label is called uh, Funkin' even mm-hmm. Stephen julian he has a radio show on nts which is always awesome he doesn't releases track listings which is really frustrating but also gives it a kind of like ooh cool.
0: Can you do the Shazam on it? Does no, that work? No because
1: it's like there's loads of vinyl only stuff and that's the great thing about vinyl only stuff is they're not Shazamable.
0: Oh. Is it good or bad?
1: You know, Shazam has kind of ruined a little part of DJing.
0: Oh really? How so?
1: Before Shazam, there's like two main types of interaction you might have with the with the public. One would be can you change the music, which is a, a common <laughs> and the other one is what's this song it's really cool but now with shazam uh, the what's this song it's really cool almost never mm. happens so you only get the people who are coming to complain which <laughs> uh, fuck you all
0: <laughs> yeah fuck you guys <laughs> you should like john's music um and in terms of other types of music are you strictly house electron are you do you listen to anything else?
1: Oh, all sorts of stuff. I don't really listen to, I suppose, a lot of pop, but I still listen to lots and lots of hip-hop and a lot of jazz and kind of weird noise records, just anything. that's. Yeah. I'm going to have to actually pull my phone out and see what was the last thing that I put on it. was. Yeah,
0: well, what were you listening to on the way here? There's a good question.
1: Oh, no, that's a bad question. I was listening to one of my own mixes.
0: Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which one?
1: Uh, The last one that was on SoundCloud, uh, which is called, I think it's just Summer 2017.
0: Ah, yes, that is actually a great tagline. Summer 2017, mixed live from the ironing board.
1: Yes, uh, because the ironing board is the perfect height. (laughs) (laughs) So I I genuinely uh, stand up on my ironing board with my... uh, I don't stand on my own. <laughs> you stand, stand in behind front of you. the okay. ironing board with the stuff on it.
0: That's amazing. It's yeah. a great name, John. Oh, tagline. Sorry.
1: Um, all right. So the last, at the moment, apparently, according to my iTunes, I'm listening to the last Kamazi Washington EP, and he's a jazz saxophonist with a band from Los Angeles. I've seen him play twice. He's really, really cool. Oh, well. It's got like a youngish jazz group who are doing quite kind of old style, big band sort of jazz. It's very, yeah. it's very, very, I totally recommend him. You should check him out.
0: Okay, cool. I will check him out. So you, I couldn't help but notice that you said you were using iTunes. Mm-hmm. So you, don't, you do not use Spotify. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Oh my God, blasphemy on this podcast. Everyone uses Spotify.
1: Well, it's, it's I have a good reason.
0: Okay, yeah, actually, I'm very curious to hear why you're using iTunes, not Spotify.
1: Okay, so one is, I think because of the DJing stuff, I I want to own my music because I want to manipulate it in that other makes, ways. So that it's makes sense. Having the stuff, just my home has been iTunes or whatever.
0: So it's not even Apple Music, it's iTunes. Yeah. Okay.
1: And the other thing is, and this is the slightly arrogant thing, is Spotify doesn't have everything that I want. Really, the latest stuff that's been released, it's not always, it often is, but it's not always on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the point. Like if, but
0: is this from more obscure artists? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I listen to lots of obscure artists. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, You're
0: so cool, John. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, as they're not, if they're not there, I don't see the point. That's kind of it. And it's a mixture of that plus habit. Fair
0: enough. Old habits die hard. That's what Mm. they say. So,
1: The other thing is I don't like their recommendation engine. It's usually like, yeah, I've heard that already.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I'm I'm glad it's just not just me. No, it's definitely not just you. I've definitely had issues with their recommendations. Um, So how, okay, so we also mentioned earlier that you're, Mm. well, I said you're an Ah, artiste. Not just an artist, an Um, (laughs) artiste. And you are a painter,
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Painting is something that I do.
0: Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your painting and maybe how, if music has anything to do with that?
1: I'm not sure if it's very related. Um, I painted a lot when I was a kid, basically all the way until I went to study at university. I studied um, international relations and that plus all of the other things that are entertaining at university meant I really didn't have time to do any painting. Uh, So I kind of gave up for four years. And then when I finished, I wanted to start doing it again. And I wasn't really sure why. And over the years, it sort of developed from drawing pictures of stuff to drawing straight lines of nothing, which is what I do now.
0: Yeah, which sounds like it's not exciting, but it's actually really, really cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I need to work on my marketing.
0: (laughs) Um, Uh, Infinite blinds, maybe you could call it.
1: There's something about, I guess I used to go to, I don't know, I still do, but I'd, I'd see these huge abstract paintings when I was a kid and I thought they were super cool but you can't well I mean I can't buy them and also I didn't think you could just do them from nothing so it was about 2001 or something I started I had this idea that I want a big abstract painting myself but I don't know what to do so I just started doing whatever it mm-hmm. I was I was just drawing pictures of things and over time they got abstracted and it took me about 11 years to do something that I was happy with oh wow um, <laughs> and then but you, um, you did it yeah and and actually it wasn't it was 2015 i did a painting that i'm that's big enough and that i'm happy enough with which one it's the one with red lines
0: okay um, was that at your expo yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that's the one that i i was like ah finally i've done what i wanted so it's a kind of they're as minimal as i can as i think i can get away with but it's it's difficult to explain because if i could explain what they meant i'd probably just write the words down and not bother painting
0: yeah um, so it's well, i'm the not sure point. What I mean. it's a it's a, another form of expression yeah and do you listen to music while you're painting
1: yes usually
0: and what um, kind of is does it change from what you normally listen to
1: the best stuff i find is um i like free jazz possibly because of the associations i have with it it's like it just sounds like what you should listen to if you're if you're an artist <laughs> Do you also uh, wear a
0: beret while you're painting? I should
1: um, <laughs> I find like old sort of 90s hip hop is also pretty good. Not, so like house and techno really don't work because it's just too intense. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're trying um, to make a straight line.
1: Yeah, and, and you don't want to get yourself worked up. <laughs> <laughs> and Giles Peterson on uh, BBC Radio 6 Music.
0: Uh, you sounded like you were a radio I announcer always, there, I always, I always,
1: three hours of good music and uh, I can always paint to him.
0: Awesome. Um, and are you still doing that now? Is there a place that people could buy your artwork online?
1: No. <laughs> it's, it's a short answer. So I've been very lazy. I have a domain that I've done nothing with, because I'm every time I think about setting up a WordPress site, it upsets me, and I don't do it. <laughs> I should do. Uh, I'm in the process of moving studios as well at the moment, so I'm, okay. I'm kind of in between things.
0: Well... Once you get that website up I, and running, yeah,
1: I can put I can give you my Tumblr link, which has sort of everything up till 2016.
0: Okay, yep, I'll share that with the uh, eager listeners as well. Uh, okay, so just to go back for a minute, John, to the two artists that you chose, have you ever seen either of them live?
1: I've seen Jimmy Edka DJing, and to be Here honest, I wasn't in
0: Barcelona. What? Yes,
1: it was. I think it was in Apollo. And he was much harder than I usually listen to. Uh,
0: okay. So a bit of a letdown, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, it's cool to see him, but he was uh, yeah, he was playing much more kind of minimal techno.
0: Not your, not your style?
1: I think, well, yeah. But I think you probably have to be on some drugs that I wasn't on.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And the Pet Shop Boys, no?
1: I've seen, I think I saw them at a distance, and I want to say it may be a maybe summer case when that existed or possibly primavera sound but i didn't really hang around i remember seeing them and then not really hanging about for them mm-hmm. which may seem odd because they were my favorite group when i was like 10 mm-hmm. there was probably something else i wanted to see more and um i don't know I don't,
0: maybe you were on drugs that time <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: no comment but i think the other thing is i don't this this was definitely in the last few years and i'm not massive fan of nostalgia and,
0: you're not a fan of nostalgia.
1: No, no, not at all. I really don't like it. I like—I don't mind old music, but I don't particularly like old music from my own past. The, the Pet Shop Boys is an odd one, um, because it's from really when I was a kid. The, the stuff that I listened to, I guess, in my formative years, in my early teens, I just have no interest in going back to that at all. And I, I just have this thing I like moving forwards.
0: That makes sense. But uh, also, I don't know, I'm a huge fan of nostalgia, but i mean I, not I get it it's is. a nice
1: feeling um i just think sometimes i think there's too much of it in the world
0: so you want to live in the present in the future you don't want to live in the past Yeah,
1: okay. something like that um, and the petrol boys yeah um, perhaps i would have liked to have seen them at the time i believe they're still cool now once i once i saw the happy mondays who were another english band that i liked at the time and i saw them in barcelona maybe 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it was kind of cool but it was also like oh, you're a shambles and you're really old now this is not I'm not having the ex- yeah I'm not it's, having it's the experience kind of not, yeah
0: it's not the same it's not how you would yeah. have wanted it to be back then
1: yeah you know and I've I've seen uh, bits of like the sex pistols various times at different festivals in the la- over the last 20 years and it's just stop stop doing this yeah it's
0: like, yeah well it's like the the rolling stones were here recently although people went people were pretty excited about it i i heard I think, a few pretty rave reviews
1: i think that they're, they're perhaps i mean it's not my thing but i i get them i think they're kind of an outlier they've they've never stopped so it's not like they've decided to come to back do like a to,
0: reunion tour or something they've
1: just never kept, stopped kept going. On going so it's, it's kind of admirable in that yeah. sense uh,
0: so in terms of live music then Barcelona has quite a huge techno scene uh, DJ scene, club scene uh, do you go to a lot of these events like I'm sure you're a big Sonar fan <laughs>
1: actually, well actually <laughs> I've maybe been maybe
0: used to be, I don't know
1: I've been to Sonar much less than I've been to Primavera yeah, Sound, really? that
0: surprises is... me so for those that don't know, Sonar is kind of the electronic, more electronic annual, big festival here. And Primavera is the more indie rock. Yeah.
1: But they have a, some stuff that I like too. I like Primavera sound because it's kind of quite chilled out.
0: Yeah, it's much, yeah, I've been to, yeah, it's much more yeah. chill.
1: Sonar by day, I like because you get a, some quite weird stuff and it's quite relaxed. Yeah. Sonar by night um, is way too intense for me. Yeah,
0: it's a bit of a circus
1: even when there's stuff that I really like, it's just there's no escaping the, the intensity. Um, so I prefer smaller club things. I go to things, but um, sonar is a bit over the top for me.
0: Yeah, but do you go, you, so you frequent the, the clubs a <laughs> lot? <laughs> or you see a lot of DJs here? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always shocked because I always see the, the poster signs uh, with all these DJs, you know, every single night of the week, and I don't mm. know any of them.
1: I don't know lots of them, too. I don't know. I don't go I, honestly. I don't go as much as I used to.
0: But is it scene good here? Would you say or
1: yes and no? I mean, you get enough stuff that's interesting, and there's there's usually a, a nice bunch of events, but you do have to kind of look for them. Certainly, some of the big clubs, it feels like the DJs haven't the resident DJs haven't changed like forever. Um, I may be wrong about that, but um, it feels like there's a kind of standard mm-hmm. house and techno sound mm-hmm. for the city, which is all right for what it is, but it's. Sometimes feels a bit samey. Yeah. However, of everywhere I've lived, it's like it's Barcelona, which has got me into getting into the music scene and the same with painting. So it's, um,
0: it's a good place to be creative.
1: It is. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, I think uh, maybe these clubs should start hiring John Riggle to, uh, (laughs) to headline.
1: Yeah. You need more 40 year old DJs.
0: Definitely. I think so. They're all 40 anyway. They just, uh, I mean, you don't look 40. So,
1: it's it sound of me blushing.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think that's about all the time we have uh, today, John.
1: Well, thanks very much for having but me.
0: Thank you so much for coming, and I'm gonna play us out with um, your summer 2017 mix, if that's awesome. cool. Um, but I will say it's 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 winter almost, so you better you better get that winter 2017 mix uh, kicking. Yeah.
1: I've already missed Autumn, so yeah.
0: Okay, well, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. Bye.